Hey guys, I hope you're having an amazing day and welcome back to the King Kumar podcast where you will be inspired to make change and execute on your dreams or even start that homework assignment that you still haven't started. Today, I have interviewed Brody Schreitzkull, a former CUD student who is also the vice president for Business Club. Today, Brody and I talk about how Brody decided to go study in Japan. We talk about the Japanese business culture. We also talk about Brody's love for Bitcoin, and we talk about the next financial crisis, along with how Brody started his social media marketing company. If you love this podcast, don't forget to show some love and give my podcast a rating on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. And please, 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 Share my podcast by copying and pasting my podcast on, into your messages and sharing them with some friends. Please, if you can, also, if you can, please share it on your Instagram stories, Snapchat, Twitter. Please, please, please share it. And without further ado, let's get started and provide you guys some massive value. All right, guys, welcome back to the King Kumar podcast. And today... I'm interviewing a former COD student. Um, his name is um, Brody. And a um, little bit about Brody. Brody, how me and Brody met, actually. Uh, we met at this club called Business Club here at um, COD. And yeah, we basically became friends. And the rest is history. So without further ado, Brody, welcome to the show. And, Thanks for uh, having me, Adveit. No problem. So Brody, let me first... Um, start off the podcast by um asking you who who is Brody? What is Brody all about? <laughs> sure. Um, I, I would I would say that I'm I'm just a guy interested in business and helping other people out. Uh, you know, kind of discovering everything along with everyone else, helping them figure it out as well. Okay, so Brody, um, do you want to talk to a little bit about what kind of interests you in the business world and kind of what you're um, majoring in college? Sure. Uh, so I'm majoring in international business right now. And, you know, I just got my, I, I didn't get my associate's degree at COD, but I was one class away. Um, and the reason for that was because I was studying abroad in Japan, learning Japanese and you know that's my interest is like international business um pertaining to hard skills in marketing sales um insurance finance so so a, a big variety of things and what interests me most is you know where the business is going like where business is going small business um i've started up uh a digital marketing company with a couple of my friends after COD. And after that, you know, I, I'm really interested in travel. So getting, you know, starting a digital marketing company just made sense. Okay, we can get into that a little bit later. But I wanted to talk to you about kind of what is the difference, the culture, how is the culture different from the US um, mm -hmm. versus Japan? Because I read this book. Um, yeah. Nike by Phil Jackson. Uh, 
and Phil Jackson talk about like how different the culture is mm. in Japan versus like the U.S. For example, back in the day when he started Nike, he had to give them respect and mm. yeah. So just talk to me about that experience. So. I had taken a, a Japanese course for six months prior to this, just to prepare myself. And that even that wasn't enough. Um, I don't want to discourage anyone who wants to go or wants to travel and study abroad. I highly recommend it. One of the greatest experiences of my life. But right when I landed, you know, all this, the street signs and you know, I couldn't find where the restroom was and trying to find food, you know, it was like, it was a total culture shock. And more so on Japanese culture, like I, I think because I had this preconceived notion of, okay, they're very respectful, they're very conservative, um, I, I kind of played that bigger than it actually was. So that is a def that's definitely a core value that they have over there. But in my head, I made it to be this bigger thing. And, and that was kind of something where within the first couple weeks, you know, getting over that and realizing like they're a lot, they're a lot like America in, in many ways. And it's, it's more of like the small differences. So, you know, instead of waving, they do bows and, uh, business cards are a huge thing over there. And it, it's, it's even the things when you're eating, right? So, so you can't be putting your chopsticks in, your rice and leaving them there because that's actually what they do for funerals. So, so being able to, you know, do, do your prior research before going into a company, it's really important, but I highly recommend studying abroad for everyone and COD, you know, they provided me with a great program for going to Japan and I, I did a language program and it was taught in Japanese. So I was learning Japanese in Japanese and super extensive. I learned a lot. I, I wouldn't say that I'm necessarily fluent, but I definitely learned a lot in six months. All right. Yeah. That's, that's so cool that you um went to Japan and it kind of like, you kind of meet different people with different perspectives and you kind of learn about the culture because like, I know you live in Naperville, oh, somewhere around Naperville, and you've been yeah. there. Once you leave Naperville, like, even if you go to, like, Chicago, mm -hmm. it's just so different. Like, it's, like, I don't know how to explain it, but, yeah. like, life in Naperville is different from life outside, and life in the U.S. is different from life international. For example, I went to... Um, India and in in India, I actually went to um this place called Chennai. Okay. And this place, this Chennai, it, it's so bustling with people, mm. and like traffic is a nightmare. Oh my but god! But just looking at how business works in Chennai yeah. versus the U.S. Actually, it doesn't necessarily apply to Chennai, but like India itself. Yeah. Everywhere you go, like you can leave COD or you can leave your college and there's going to be like a store right outside. Yeah. Like you can walk from your house and like within a block or two, there's a store. And it's because it's so, there's a lot of people. So jobs are mm -hmm. tight. So many people open up 
um, businesses. But then the bad thing about it is sort of there's a lot of scams and a lot of people. Interesting. So yeah, selling it, stuff. Is it more? Is it more rural or is it like a city? It's more like a city. Like yeah. the best I would explain, like how it is. It's like if you go to Hollywood, like you know how okay. people approach you and say, "Hey, come uh, come to my business." That's how uh-huh. it's kind of like in India or in pretty pushy. Yeah, very, very pushy. In, in Japan, th- they wouldn't necessarily do that, but they'll have people stand like near the door, or you know, they'll try to like, oh, like come in, come in, and and stuff like that. So that's something I found different than in America, definitely. But it, it didn't sound anything like that. Like, what would they try to do? Well, like for example, I went to this place. Um, I forget, it was, it was like some temple, like some architecture. And in that place, I remember there was this guy, he was trying to sell, um, like this toy or something. Yeah. And he kept just pushing and pushing. Oh, and man. even after you say, Hey, no, thanks. He'd say, no, 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 please buy, please buy. Oh. And like, the sad thing is, is that there's so many people that's hard for them to make yeah. money. Like from one side, you kind of find annoying, but then. When you think about it more, you realize, oh, these people don't have money. That's how they make a living. That's like kind of, you know, one of the good things about the U.S. Like it's kind of easy to find a job. But talk to me about one things, three Mm -hmm. things, the three things you liked about the business in Japan versus the U.S. Business in Japan. They are a predominantly uh, tech-oriented society. And I guess this could be said about all of Asia. But America is great for innovation. And, you know, we come up with all of these great things, and it's very industrial, very industrious, um, you know. But what Japan and Asia kind of does is it takes the Western ideas that we have and it makes them totally better, cleaner, more efficient, and they just optimize it. And a prime example of this is trains. The trains here, that's kind of like how during the industrial age, like America was built on the, on the train tracks. And that's why Chicago is such a big area is because of the, the, uh, It was like a port in Japan. Their train system is so clean and they have bullet trains that that can take you across the country and in the same amount of time that a plane would. Uh, So their ability to optimize on Western ideas is amazing. Another thing about Japanese business, and this is pertaining to the restaurant industry is that, it's very clean. They're very hospitable, hospitable. They'll, they'll take care of you. They'll make sure that you have quality ingredients and that is prepared in the perfect way. And, you know, I had most of my meals at seven 11 and that sounds kind of weird, but no, there's seven 11s. Like it's basically like you're going to another restaurant. Like it's, it's cheap, affordable, but it's quality food. And I, I guess the third thing about Japanese business is they're they're actually still in a recession, and they're they're trying to expand. Actually, they're becoming more globalized. So they were very independent, and 
and the big push for 2019, 2020, they got the Olympics. And what they're really going for is trying to get people incentivized to get them into into Japan working for their companies. Um, and that globalization is something that's helped America and other countries that have opened up. And, you know, conversely, you have countries like Britain and they have the Brexit and that's still going on and they're trying to step away from the United Nations. And I, economically, it just, it doesn't make sense. It really doesn't. And it's just because of social issues and differences. And what Japan is really doing, and they're really opening up, uh, what they're trying to do is let more people in, which is totally different from their from their norm. Yeah, I see what you mean. But I do think that bullet trains will eventually come to the U.S. Maybe not now, mm. but eventually I think it is going to come. And, like, even when I look at Japan's history and, like, all these you know, entrepreneurs who are from there, all the companies that, you know, were originated, it's all because they were kind of pretty tech savvy. Like, for example, mm. you, if you think about it, um, just two companies that I know mm -hmm. on the top of my head is Toyota was founded in Japan and so was Honda. And they're both, they both kind of changed the way we think about making cars. Yeah. And, yeah, we just make cars more efficiently. Unfortunately, like... Elon Musk had to put a stop on the the underground train that he was trying to do or, you know, the, the tunnel. But I think that was like a good push. It'll come back. I know Elon. He'll make it work. <laughs> you know Elon. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get into something about Elon pretty soon. But uh -huh. yeah, like as I was saying, like if you think about Toyota, right? Uh -huh. Like, the reason, like, why Toyotas last so long is because, like, they're put with so much care and philosophies that the founder learned from his time. Yeah. In Japan, it's just so very interesting. And also... All about I, I, yeah. yeah. And also, I know you mentioned something before mm -hmm. um, about, uh, like, how you're trying to learn the language. Yeah. My question is, is since Japan is so tech-savvy, and uh -huh. this is pretty new because it's really a new thing. What kind of things in AI did you see in Japan? See, I didn't see too much about AI necessarily. Maybe on the uh, on the train, I saw an advertisement for artificial intelligence. But in terms of what they're trying to do with AI over there, I'm not too well informed. Okay, because what I was think, what I've heard about something about AI is that they're gonna, like, you're gonna have, so when, uh, if you speak a different language and you go to, like, a new country, you don't have to learn it. You can mm -hmm. just have, there's some gonna be some sort of tech, and mm -hmm. there's even with this with Google, where you just type in what you want to say, and it will transfer to their language, and, yeah, then their speech will transfer mm -hmm. to you. I, I just think AI is the future of, of marketing and stuff. Mm -hmm. you know? And I talked about this in my vlog, which will be coming out um, pretty soon, or probably when this podcast airs, maybe would have come out. I don't know. But mm -hmm. marketing, to me, is all about influencing, right? Whenever you buy a product, for example, an iPhone, you're being mm -hmm. influenced. Yeah. Uh, like, do you know what I mean by that? 
Well, I, I do a lot with Facebook ads and like being able to find those people is really difficult. And I think AI would allow for that initial process to be optimized, definitely. Yeah, you know how I have my podcast and I thought about kind of this business idea mm-hmm. where I want to use AI to help people find podcasts that are interested in, to them based mm-hmm. on their interests, like the AI technology would kind of help them find that podcast because I think that podcasts yeah. are going to be the future and it's not... Many people say it's saturated, but I don't think it is mm-hmm. as up yet. And I think it's the future. Yeah. And the platform that I use, Anchor, I, hopefully that can become like YouTube, like in a few, yeah, like a decade or two. But I mean, YouTube's dying right now. I would say. I don't think it's gonna. It's di- It's dying. I mean, it's it's still gonna be a thing for many years to come. Yeah. But yeah. So. I want to ask you this question. Okay. So, uh, what is your opinion on people going to college? So, you think that people should go to college? You think people should not go to college? I think it's a little difficult. Like, Apple and Facebook, they just released that you don't need a certificate or, or a bachelor's degree to, you know, to apply anymore. It, it'll definitely, it'll certainly differentiate you from other people but they're really looking for engineers who can program and who can uh, give results so I don't want to advise anyone not to go to college but it doesn't like a bachelor's degree doesn't guarantee a job either and that's something that we've seen is all these people are well qualified within the field and they have difficulty finding jobs within their field and you know they're working as waiters and in in a particular area that they don't want to be working in necessarily it's it's unfortunate it is and i think a college degree is important but it needs to be supplemented with hard and soft skills so what can you provide in terms of like your uh your functionability you know like typing and being able to work with Excel and a spreadsheet, like those are your hard skills and then soft skills. Communication is huge. And if you're not able to communicate and, and you're huge into marketing, but, and, and you should know that your resume is how you market yourself and how you sell yourself to your employer. And I think a college degree alone is something great to have, but if you can't communicate to that person and you can't do it in a strong way, uh, then that college degree doesn't mean much. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah. Fully. You know, honestly, I know this is this has become a common theme. Like every single person I'm talking to, mm-hmm. they have said, well, you shouldn't go to college, but if you do go to college, it's not enough. Like mm. by the time I graduate, there, this, this is a good topic to bring out. By the time I graduate, there is a possibility that we're going to be in the next financial crisis. And uh-huh. now, one of the reasons and why this might occur and why I think this might occur mm-hmm. is college debt. Many of these students are in mm. debt. They're not able to buy homes. They're not able to afford as much as they used to because this debt is so much. Now, I'm not saying that, oh, 
I'm not a, I wouldn't consi- consider myself a politician, uh-huh. but I'm not saying that, you know, we need to have something where debt is forgiven because I don't think there is free lunch in America. Mm-hmm. But this is definitely a problem that needs to be fixed. And I'm not yeah. sure how, because I'm not an ec- ec- economist, but mm-hmm. it's definitely like something that we need to kind of solve, like whether that is having yeah degrees, more focused degrees, like not having people switch degrees, more education, what the job is like. Well, we're yeah. in a consumer society. And, and the problem with that is, you know, the, the, scientific advancements that are made are 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 great but they're not focused and in places like china their politicians are are mostly have backgrounds in science and engineering and what that allows for is this progressive growth over there and and an understanding of we need to change and we need to figure this out so i mean you're spot on with something needs to change something definitely does yeah. So, and then I, I also think this too, I think a resume is good and all, but it's networking. That's what's going to get you that job. By me doing yeah. this podcast, I'm networking with so many people like you. I'm networking, <laughs> you know, just with so many people who I never thought I would meet. And then they're kind of introducing me to their audience. And then it's kind of starting to grow it up kind of like a tree. Yeah. I wanted to talk to you. You haven't kind of, you used to have an interest in uh, Bitcoin. Why don't you talk about that? (laughs) Well, I I guess on the topic of like recession and everything, um, a couple of papers have come out basically saying um, there's a inverse correlation between the stock market and cryptocurrency. And, And what that essentially means is if you if we go into a recession, the price of Bitcoin will increase because people are moving their money out of things that are moving down and they want to put their money somewhere safe. And what that looks like for people right now is this digital currency. And, you know, there's been a recent crackdown on people on Coinbase who have received IRS letters basically saying like pay your taxes and stuff. And that's the, that's the thing about cryptocurrencies that it has this negative connotation, anti-money laundering, buying drugs, human trafficking, but. Wait, I hate to interrupt you, but nope. um, yeah. can you just, for those people who don't know what exactly Bitcoin is, can you just uh-huh. give them like a brief dumbed gotcha. down ex- uh, explanation on what Bitcoin is? Uh, a lot of people have heard about it in the news, but essentially what it is, it's a uh, it's a currency that's not attached to a country. And countries protect their currency with their government, and Bitcoin protects their currency with algorithms. Yeah, essentially, I think I've heard it in the, in the Planet Money podcast. Essentially, like you can think of Bitcoin as like your online wallet, sort of. Because it, like... Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, kind of talk to me about like, oh, yeah, continue with your Bitcoin stuff. Um, but essentially, with Bitcoin and the recession, it is somewhere to put your money and keep it safe. 
Yeah. So, do you know, are you familiar with blockchain? Can you also explain that? Blockchain. Now, that's a type of that's a type of technology that cryptocurrency uses. Um, and it's it's like a ledger system. So you have an accountant and, you know, you'll hear the word decentralization, but, you know, you're your bank will keep track of the money for you and they keep track of the money for thousands, if not millions of other people. And the problem with that is, you know, people are talking about hackers. What they, what hackers can do is they can hack one location and have access to millions of, of users. You know, the thing with e-file or or e-tax, that was the problem was it was all in one central location and if the the hacker is able to in, uh, decrypt the uh, the algorithm that they have to protect the encryption, the the whole system is is given to them. Now, the great thing about blockchain and decentralization is that there's no central person keeping track of all of it. The way it's kept track of is different nodes. Uh, within a network and all of those nodes or computers essentially keep track of each other and of themselves so when you buy a, a bitcoin or part of a bitcoin it's keeping track of itself but there's also uh, a series of events that happens so you activate this uh, this line of code and it puts it uh, that that would be called a block, I would say, and it has some information about you know what you bought, how much you bought, who uh, where it's going, and it puts these blocks into a chain, hence the word blockchain, and that way you're able to keep track of where this stuff is going, because it it really is it's finite, it, there's a finite amount of it, and it's more is released all the time. Uh, but the way to keep track of that is is through the blockchain technology. Yeah, blockchain is so very interesting. I remember I listened to this podcast on Planet Money about this guy who um, had this Bitcoin company, and then he acted he accidentally sold some Bitcoin to like a drug dealer and was arrested, oh, yeah. and he served in jail. And he used um, this blockchain technology in jail. Mm-hmm. Because in jail, like, it's kind of hard for you to get, like, those snacks and stuff. Mm. So, in jail, instead of trading Bitcoin and instead of trading money, they would actually trade sardines for all products, like <laughs> chips and stuff. And he basically used this technology. He basically uh-huh. applied the blockchain technology uh-huh. into trading for sardines, you know. Well, and- it's it's not even about jails. It's... Venezuela uses uses the Bitcoin cryptocurrency technology blockchain to protect itself from the government because and from the currency itself because you know a coke today is one dollar and then the next it's a hundred dollars so if you earn money it's so high so high the rate of inflation is increasing so the way that they combat that is. You know, while the price of cryptocurrency is volatile and it moves around a lot, they're able to keep it in a safer place than their own country's currency. Yeah, I think that with this whole thing, one thing that can be learned 
is that coding like you need to learn how to code that's like an essential mm. skill right mm -hmm. now because like america like as you said before yeah it's very in innovative and i kind of saw this actually this weekend um but i'll continue what i'm trying to say so like now we're kind of moving away from going to actual stores and we're actually moving to online shopping and something mm -hmm. interesting i saw was there's this company called carvana what Carvana is, is basically like Amazon for cars. Basically, if you wanted to buy a car, you basically go to Carvana and you can buy a car straight off of the internet. Mm. And Carvana actually has one, um, a store or a vending machine, I would say, in Chicago. So basically, after you buy the car, you put in a token and then basically like uh, it gives you that car. And even this goes back to what I said about influencing. Okay. Like, something that's being influenced like customers that I think is they're kind of being influenced by like that experience that they get from Carvana because if you wanted to buy a car, yeah, you could just go to a dealership. But Carvana is selling is mm. not necessarily cars, but that experience. If that makes sense, that's an interesting way to put it. Yeah, it, because it, and especially what you said about the millennials and the younger generation is. We're not looking to invest in a home. We're not looking to settle down until we're like 30 and have kids. And it's something that's definitely slowing down the economy in relation to the baby boomers because they were just like, buy a home, you know, get married, have kids. And that was, that was great. But now we're seeing like the decline of that and the effects of that rapid spending, the credit and you know the unpaid loans and that's definitely scared off this generation and even you know gen z generation um away from doing that and you know there's a negative stipulation around credit and debt and you know student loans of course but i, I it's it's definitely about the experience that's happening that's kind of been ruined so these temporary things, these online uh, stores that we have are, are the byproduct of that, I would say. I think it was, there's been studies too, and I'm sure you're familiar with this, mm -hmm. but that's that um, when given one of my friends actually did speech on this and he did a speech like saying when we have a credit card versus cash, we tend to spend more on that mm -hmm. credit card because we don't think about it as money just credit and then we can we just blindly spend but we have like um actual money we're kind mm -hmm. of more conservative and we actually think about like how much is this worth can i afford that like yeah. with a credit card we don't think about that we think about paying it off later we think about macro macro yeah. thinking not micro thinking and if you want to kind of solve this problem of credit we have to first learn that when you spend on the credit card it's the same thing as you spending on money and we have to be kind of conservative on both right. ends especially especially because social security won't be able to take care of us and and we have big goals too that's the thing about these younger generations coming up is we want to 
have that freedom. We want to travel. We want to experience things while we're young. We don't want to go into retirement and have all this time and money now. We want that we want that satisfaction now. We're in the age of now. And being able to prepare for that is really important. And that's a lot of what I'm doing right now. Uh, I'm with like a financial literacy program, WSB. And what a lot of what they're teaching is stop spending money that you don't have. Let's get you out of debt. Let's get the stress out of money away. And let's start preparing for your future. Not necessarily when you retire, but let's get you in a stable position now so that you can. This is setting up a Roth IRA, you know, getting a financial accountant, looking into the options with your company to get a 401k. And, and those are just retirement plans. I mean, you need to set up investments for yourself. If you look at, um, if you look at the stock in Apple, or if you look at, you know, just the, this S&P 500 index, it moves up like 10% every year. And your bank account only gives you 0.01% in interest. Being able to invest safely within the U.S. stock market is really important. And that's all just based off of uh, historical value. So like the average with all the ups and downs and the recessions and the you know, S&Ps at the highest it's ever been, it, it moves at an average of 10% every year. And that's really important. It's really important because if your money is not in that, you're losing. Yeah, there have been so many people who use the stock market to make them so much money. Like uh, Jordan Belfort has mm. used that system to make himself millions. Yeah. He's one of the richest people before he got arrested. He just... <laughs> came the system of stock market. I think everyone has to learn. I mean, it's not that hard to do research and find yeah. out like what stocks to invest. It's like a Google search away, but like. About like, financial literacy and getting yourself ready for the world that what school doesn't teach you. Yeah. That's why I think that maybe college isn't good because it doesn't teach you about stocks. It doesn't teach you about failure. Like we aren't, we aren't, um, we aren't educated on what failure is. We aren't, we don't know what it is until we go to the real workforce. Because, you know this, I know this. Mm -hmm. We all were in a school system where, it was drilled in our heads. You gotta get good grades. Mm -hmm. And when we, when you go in the real world, grades don't matter. They don't mean anything. Mm -hmm. And you're you're gonna fail at one point or two points at your life and. The question yeah. is how how do you overcome that? And yeah, so yeah, and what you said about people wanting things now, I think that's one of the reasons like we have Uber, mm. we have Lyft. Oh, yeah. People want rides now. It's uh -huh. one of the reasons why food delivery exists. Like yeah. we want oh, food uh, right now. The we don't. These on it, food so. delivery yeah. and all of that, it's insane. It is. And then on the other side of that, people want money now. So they'll go work for Uber. They'll go work for these food delivery services just to try to make a quick buck. Mm -hmm. But That's it's it. not not sustainable. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on my Thank podcast, Brody. It was um, really great talk with you, Advice. No problem. And I want to kind of give you maybe one or two minutes to kind of help people make change because that's what this podcast is all yeah. about. Give them some advice, maybe okay. for college, anything that you want uh -huh. to do. Get 
started now. And that's just three words that, you know, will seem very simple, but it's really just about making mistakes when you can, as many times as you can. I've started my own business with digital marketing and, you know, I, I'm so meticulous and I plan so much. But being able to kind of set that planning away, you know, not worry about making mistakes, not worrying about the fees. It's really just about, okay, let's jump into it. And then we'll, we'll ask for apologies after. Um, start your financial planning now. Find someone to help you out. Um, ask your parents, you know, about setting up a retirement fund, 401k life insurance, health insurance. Like we, we think that we're invincible and we can't do all this. And then we're not, we we're very vulnerable. And that's something to, to contrast that type of mentality of just do it now is make sure you're, what you're doing is safe and, and what you're doing is benefiting you for the future. And if you don't see it benefiting you in three years and stop doing it, just stop doing it. There's no point. But essentially is make mistakes. Make mistakes as many as possible. Yeah, guys, kind of look at failure not as something that you want to frown upon, but look at it as, a, as something for growth. Look at it as at steps for you to becoming that person that you want to become. Well, that is it, guys, the King Kumar podcast. And um, if you enjoyed it, don't forget to uh, give it a five-star review on wherever you find your podcasts. Uh. This message came up like I actually said Koi, but I was all, I don't know what. To I do. would just hit cancel. Cancel. Because then you won't get out of it. Okay. You're in Camtasia there. I don't think it's. Oh, that's a crash Hey guys. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast with Brody. And if you love that podcast, please, please, please share it with one friend. And please share it on your Instagram story. Also, if you could write me a rating on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, that would be amazing. Don't forget to subscribe to my podcast because, you know, it's like I said before, this is the best podcast and it's going to provide you some massive value. So subscribe so you can be the first to know when I come up with a brand new episode. And again, Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. Also, if you want to be featured on my podcast, email me at adbkumar05 at gmail.com. Thank you so much, guys.